Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus was teaching in a synagogue on the Sabbath, and a woman was there who for 18 years had been crippled by a spirit. She was bent over, completely incapable of standing erect. When Jesus saw her, he called to her and said, Woman, you are set free of your infirmity. He laid his hands on her, and she at once stood up straight and glorified God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant that Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, said to the crowd in reply, There are six days when work should be done. Come on those days to be cured, not on the Sabbath. The Lord said to him in reply, Hypocrites, does not each one of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his ass from the manger and lead it out for watering? This daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 years now, ought she not to have been set free on the Sabbath day from this bondage? When he said this, all his adversaries were humiliated, and the whole crowd rejoiced at all the splendid deeds done by him. The Gospel of the Lord. Got a very finicky microphone situation. We'll get it figured out, though. Don't worry. Uh, I want to look at this again, this first reading from St. Paul to the Romans. He says that we have received a spirit of adoption. We received a spirit of adoption. So first of all, when did we receive the spirit? And what the heck does it mean that we've received a spirit of adoption? Those are the two questions I want to look at here this morning. So first of all, when did we receive this spirit? The answer is very obvious. It's at our baptism. That's when we first received the Spirit. That's when we were immersed. That's when we were plunged, when we were submerged into a reality um, of God's life, <clears throat> God's grace. We were given a new identity. That's what happened to us at the moment of our baptism. We gained a new identity. And St. Paul puts it this way in his letter to the Romans, that for God did not give us a spirit of fear or of cowardice, but a spirit of adoption through which we cry, Abba, Father. Baptism gives us what the catechism calls the filial identity. We get the identity of the beloved Son. We receive the identity of Jesus. That is who we become in our baptism. Not in a diluted form, not in a, a ersatz sort of way, but truly, like when God the Father beholds us, He sees his son. He sees his beloved one, which means we have access to the Father in the same way that Jesus has access to the Father. We have the same claim on the Father's heart that Jesus had on the Father's heart. We move his heart in the same way Jesus did, which means we are not orphans. We belong to him. Again, but why does St. Paul say we've received the spirit of adoption? Like, why not just say we've received a spirit of childhood? We received... The spirit of being called children of God. Why spirit of adoption? So here's the deal. Paul's writing, obviously, to the Romans, a letter to the Romans. He's making a very important reference to Roman law. Because in the Greco-Roman world, just as in 
um, modern adoption law. There was adoption law back in the Greco-Roman world. It's a very intricate, involved process. It had tremendous ramifications for a person's life. And the fundamental concept was this, that in the process of adoption, a truly new person came into being. Right? The adopted person, if they had debts previously, all those debts were canceled. If those debts, uh, because those debts belonged to the old person, right? The adopted person, uh, they were afforded the same claim, the same rights, the same privileges, the same responsibilities, the same inheritances, and the same blessings of all the natural born children. Like under Roman law, there was no presumption uh, that the parents that parents were stuck with the children that, that they gave birth to, as it is the case for us today. There is no presumption, right? If the father of the family didn't like the child that was born, if he saw some deformity, if he wanted a boy instead of a girl, right? What he would do is he would just simply take the child to the edge of the town and leave the child out on the hill to be exposed to die. That was customary in the Roman world. But that same concept of permanency, of non-permanency, did not apply to adoption. In the Greco-Roman world, you could not, under any circumstance, abandon the child of adoption because the thinking was, you knew what you were saying yes to. You knew what you were saying yes to. In other words, to say that I'm adopted in the Roman world was the same as saying, I know that my father will never, ever abandon me. I know that my father will never abandon me. This is who we are, right? This is the starting point that you, we are his. We belong to the father. Like that declaration that was spoken over Jesus at his baptism is spoken over us, right? You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. You are mine and you cannot lose me. I will not forsake you. I will not cast you off. I will not abandon you. You can become convinced erroneously that, that it can be forfeited, Right, like the younger son in the story of the prodigal son, this younger son who thought erroneously, wrongly, that he had lost his privilege of being the son, all the while the father's at home, searching the horizon, waiting for the son to come home. But the son never lost his sonship. Like, if it was necessary for Jesus, the son of God, to hear those words spoken to him at his baptism, you are my beloved son, with you I'm well pleased. If it was necessary for him to hear that, how much more so is that true for us? Like how deeply the Father desires to have in our own hearts, active and alive, this voice that, that is speaking blessing and claim upon us, that Father blessing. Because without that Father blessing, without that, that rootedness, we become foundationless and we get filled with this orphan spirit it says, I don't know who I belong to. I'm desperately, constantly trying to gain love, gain approval, win the love of other people. Like, we have this orphan spirit that we think we have to hoard onto love. It's just not true. Earn our place, earn our keep. I just want to invite us this morning, as we enter more deeply into this Mass, as we receive this word, as we receive the word made flesh in the Eucharist, that let us open our hearts in a new way today to just asking the Father's heart that we would hear his heart for each of us in a deeper way this morning, his heart that is vulnerably given to us in Jesus, his heart that is saying, I have loved you from the moment that you came into being, and at your baptism I poured life upon you, I gave you a new identity, I gave you a new name, I claimed you from the enemy, you are mine and I will never abandon you. 
I will never abandon you. So receive that. Receive that. Rest in that. Take comfort in that. And, my, and like above everything, like believe that. Believe that. We are not orphans. Amen.